What's up, everybody, and welcome back to BPX After Dark, where we focus on the events, silos, and goings-on of the world of block packs. Each week, we'll spotlight the past, present, and future of block packs through community-driven conversation, interviews, and of course, that juicy alpha you know and love. If you're a fan of TCGs, digital collectibles, fantasy sports, or even pina coladas and getting caught in the rain, you've found your new must-listen programming. Block Packs is more than just a company. It's an incredible group of fans of cutting-edge tech, high-octane collecting, and supportive community. Broadcast live each Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific on X Spaces, we are brought to you by Radish Digital. That's digital with a J. I'm your host, GT, and I'm here every week to be your guide through Block Packs. Tune in and come join the conversation. And without further delay, let's get on to this week's show. Welcome back, everyone, to BPX After Dark Season 2, coming to you live in X Spaces. This is Discord user Slappy White at the Radish Digital Headquarters in snowy Charlottesville, Virginia. And love to see it. We don't get enough here in the Appalachians. Thanks for spending some time with us. And please remember to tip your bartenders. No, that's Tech Super's job. And please remember, um, audience participation is very much welcome. Raise your hand, come on stage, ask a question, make a comment. Uh, now it's my distinct honor to introduce the new host of BPX After Dark. Some call him Ron Fresco. We just know him as Discord user GT. GT, how are you doing? Bam, 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 bam. I'm doing really well, Slappy. It's really, really great to be here. I am absolutely thrilled to be a part of the Radish Digital community looking forward. And I'm really, really excited to be taking over for this season of BPX After Dark. Big things abound in this next season. I'm really, really excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you talk about big things coming up, you already have some thoughts about, I saw you post it in the Block Packs Discord. You are, it's really funny, GT, because when you speak, you kind of have a bohemian air to you to a certain extent, but you're incredibly structured. What would you say? What, what you, you kind of like sit on both sides of the fence. Would you say you're more bohemian? Like, hey, I'm going to go on vacation. I might have a hotel reservation tonight. I might not. Whatever. Or are you more the structured type? Oh, yeah. I am like a level seven user on the app Hotel Tonight. Literally. I, <laughs> I have so many rewards points because oftentimes I don't exactly know what I'm going to be up to or where I'm going to be. But that being said, that's my kind of life experiences. When it comes to something like this, I do tend to be a little bit more on the plan, planning side. I can be a bit of a perfectionist. Um, I can be a little bit more type A than I usually am. But generally speaking, I think I like to, I like to go where the wind takes me. And boy, am I thankful that the wind has taken me to, uh, to BPX After Dark. Oh, what a great segue. All right. And so the, the, the planner in you, which is, I love to see it. Uh, and for folks who don't know, is when GT was talking about what he wanted to do. You know, it's always hard when somebody brings you ideas and says, hey, what do you think? And it's really hard because you don't want to sound like an idiot. Be like, well, yeah, it looks good. I mean, you brought such a developed <laughs> plan. But the, but the point was, what was I going to say? I mean, everybody who saw what GT posted in the Block Packs Discord, that was him. That was everything he had. And, and what do you really say to that? Like, well, GT, I think you should have put more thought into it. I think you could have developed this a little bit more. So, yeah, so what are you yeah. doing for these today and then two weeks that are following? Yeah, I mean, for for sure, I think you know, based off of what you were saying, um, Slappy, in terms of looking forward and really leaning into the community, um, I, I really want to kind of create some programming over this next season that, of course, will have the juicy alpha. We'll have our wonderful conversations with the, those like Frenchie and and some some members of the Block Packs team. A couple of which we'll talk to tonight. Um, but then, for sure, I want to continue to remind the folks out there that Block Packs is community first. And you know, if you have any ideas in terms of programming, um, do let me know. Reach out to me on on DMs or on Discord. Uh, but we do have three. Uh, we have three um, bits of programming, three weeks um, scheduled out. And you can actually find those either on the Radish Discord, if you haven't joined it, or there is now a new community events channel on the Block Packs, um, on the Block Pack server. So 
Uh, I know Infinite actually just posted an announcement that if you go to the channels and roles and you opt in to the community events channel, you can find what we'll be doing in these next couple of weeks. Uh, today, we'll be having a wonderful conversation with Eric and Rilbiz, who are two of the newer members of the Black Packs team. And then next week, I'm really, really looking forward to this one. You know, I've been here with Block Packs since literally day one. I haven't missed a drop. I haven't missed a mint. I haven't missed a Raz. I haven't missed a reveal. Um, and I think what I've noticed over these last couple of years is just how unbelievably strong this community is um, and the ways in which we support one another with really not expecting much in return, I think is really, really special. And I want to highlight that. I want to shine a spotlight on the ways in which the people in our ecosystem have really made a difference in a lot of others' lives. Um, so because I am a former middle school teacher, now freelancer, um, I want to give the community members a little bit of homework. Um, next week, BPX After Dark wants mm -hmm. to shine that spotlight on acts of kindness and some good deeds by their community members. And I'm calling it Random Acts of Block Packs, and I am looking for some stories so if you have ever been the recipient of a good deed or a kind word, a gift, or just a patient conversation from somebody else in the Black Packs ecosystem, I'd love to hear about it. Um, yeah, so next week, I want to invite some members of our community to come on to BPX After Dark, and then we'll be able to share those stories. Um, so if you have a story that you think would work, no matter how big or how small, um, you can either DM me on Discord with your story if you don't want to share it, or just show up next week at 9 Eastern, and uh, we'll have a really great a really great love fest. It'll be a lot I, of fun. I really love, uh, GT, how you you changed the word kindness to to block packs, which for many of us, I mean, it is synonymous. Totally. So I, I love that you have that twist um, right there. So that's awesome. All right, and then what do you got coming up after that? Yeah, so after that, we'll be we'll we'll throw our caution to the wind and um, just kind of have a little bit of an open forum on what I'm calling the Block Packs Brain Trust. I want to crowdsource some of the uh, some some ideas that we have for Block Packs looking forward in the future. Now, these can be anywhere between like something super small and practical, or it can be totally totally harebrained. Um, either way, I just want, I just want us to be spitballing all different kinds of ideas that we've thought about, because I'm sure as we've seen Frenchie and his team build out all of these different kinds of products, your brain starts going with how possible things are. And I think it's about time that we just have a fun little conversation and think to ourselves, okay, you know, if, if we're going pie in the sky, head in the clouds, um, what, what might we come up with in terms of either very practical or completely cockamamie ideas. I want to hear them all, and, uh, and, and we can get wild, weird, and, of course, serious as well. Except, of course, we are not going to buy lithium from some guy on X. That's not going to happen. Don't bring that idea there. Oh, my gosh. So, so many people that, you know, I was, I, in the old days, well, in all these days, we haven't worried about keeping people off the stage. And then, of course, for the last show we did for BPX After Dark, we ha finally got somebody who, thankfully, was booted off x although obviously they can recreate a profile but you know hopefully gt you know you blow up so big that we're gonna have to hire a professional screener right before people <laughs> are allowed to talk to you hey you know it's inch by inch the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step and and this is step one yeah I, i'm not even i'm not even sure that i'm going to be a viable host it's up to the community to decide so we'll see yeah, I think we know the, the verdict on that. Well, before we get to the guests, Eric S. and Real Biz, I did want to just mention, um, is there okay, GT, I mentioned a couple of points about Radish? Absolutely. And if, if you don't mind, I'd love to love to say a couple of things as well before I introduce them as well. But please go ahead, Radish. Or okay. go ahead, Sophie. Um, so one thing to mention is that Tex Hooper let me know that he's been, uh, for all Many of you know he's the host of BPX After Dark Auction Edition. He took over for JJ where he would do the Sunday night uh, comps on the cards and he would cover the closing minutes. And he sat down in September to talk with Frenchie about version one. And he's going to sit down and talk with Frenchie, I think in the next week or so, about version two, which is imminent. And just talk about what it, the experience is going to be like going forward. So look for that. And then the other thing, just to touch base, is fantasy. Is that thankfully, uh, Block Packs has been a great sponsor for the H 
Home Team Hero Fantasy. I got to say Home Team Hero because not everybody knows HTH, right? We want to appeal to everybody. People love fantasy. And when they hear fantasy football, I want them to hear all of it so they know what to look for. But they're they're going to sponsor this week for Home Team Hero Basketball, which is great, is that we're going to give one box to the winner and one box randomly. So if this continues, what's great is even if you're not really good at it, like NBA is my weakest sport. What I love about this is you just have to enter and you have a chance to win. And then for football, they are coming back and sponsoring us with two boxes each round of football in the NFL playoffs. So for the for the wild card round, JRP and KP Hamilton actually tied. So they're going to each get a box. But then here in the divisional round, we'll do one for the winner and then also one for a random person. So again, just enter. You don't have to win and you have a chance to win. Ideally, what I really want to do, GT, although I think it might be too much work for Rody, is my you you talked about ideas from the community. Here's my ideas. As the pool of home team hero shrinks, sorry all you shepherd attack lovers. They're, <laughs> they're not getting any boring points for you. Is I was thinking it would be cool for the teams that are left if the community nominated certain players, uh, certain fans, right? Because these this is not about the NFL players. If the community nominated certain fans with names inspired by home by by NFL players who are still in it, and we incorporate them in, so the fan the home team hero fantasy football tournament each week focuses on the teams that are still in it, but we expand the pool of home team heroes for these last couple of weeks. I'm not sure. I think that's a bridge too far for Rody since he does have a pretty big <laughs> job. But we'll see. I, that I, that would be a dream for me. But regardless, the registration for the divisional round is open right now at Radish Digital. And the registration for NBA Week 13, if you missed Week 12, we're already into Week 13. So go ahead and register. And also, GT, I will remember to put your post in block packs. I will get up, that up on the Radish Digital content page. And that's, Absol- Absolutely. That's yeah. all I have. And and I, I appreciate that, Slappy. Thank you so much. And and I um I and by the way, that is that's Radis Digital with a J, not a G <laughs> in digital. So just make sure that you got your spelling correct on that one. Uh, those are the kinds of ideas that we need. And and I I love it. I think that that's there there's that kind of creativity is just so rampant in the community and it's so impressive just to see everybody do their thing. And, and, uh, and I'm hoping in a couple of weeks, uh, that's going to be on February 1st, we can uh, continue to incorporate some more, some more ideas. Um, so before we, uh, before I introduce our amazing guests who have given me the gift of their time this evening, um, I want to let everybody know how thrilled I am to be a part of the Radish digital community. Um, and, Specifically, I also want to really thank all of the people who believed that I would be a solid host in this space, um, and also all of the well-wishers who have wished me good luck hosting this first space. Uh, I am admittedly quite nervous, but knowing that I've got the backing of the community really, really matters. Um, I also want to thank BJAMPS in particular for helping endorse this transition with grace and support. Um, you know, Jamps, like I said in the goodbye um, or the see you later uh, spaces, um, he sets the tone for for the other whales in the space with his compassion and his patience and his support of all Block Packs members, big and small. So it's no surprise how gracious he was in helping me transition as well. Uh, lastly, I also, speaking of transition and journeys, that's kind of the theme for this evening, which I'm really stoked about. Um, I want to also shine a spotlight on Caroline, a.k.a. Cara Fine, who is moving on from Blockpacks after many years of community support. Uh, Caroline. I speak for all of us when I say just how impactful you have been to making our Block Packs experience so fun, engaging, and delightful. You have made us laugh, you have supported us, and you have been an amazing liaison to the Block Packs team on behalf of the community. Literally after Frenchie, the first person I think of when I think of the word Block Packs is you, and you will be sorely missed. And I'm glad that you are not going to be a stranger, uh, but just know that we love you very much and we wish you happy trails in whatever comes next. Okie doke, artichokes. Let's go ahead now and get on to the show, though. Um, Obviously, like I was saying, today is all about new journeys. And as I take my first step into this place and space, 
I wanted to invite some guests on who are taking some other kind of new journeys. And I am especially pleased to invite two of the newest members of the official Block Packs team, Eric and Rilbiz, to have a bit of a conversation tonight just about their own journeys to where they are today, talk a little bird's eye about collecting and maybe look into our crystal balls and see what the future may hold for the state of Web3, collecting, and maybe block packs in general. Uh, so first, I would like to welcome Eric, um, the new VP of Operations. Did I get that right, Eric? Yes, sir. Appreciate you, GT. Um, I, awesome. I am VP of Operations. Right on, right on. Thank you so much for the gift of your time this evening, Eric. It's really great to hear from you and, and have you up on the stage. And then next, I'd also love to welcome Realbiz, uh, Blockpacks' new chief sales officer. Welcome, Realbiz. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Uh, I'm very excited uh, for the opportunity, and I appreciate you having uh, us on the very first show. That means yeah. a lot. It, we're we're breaking new ground together, guys. We're we're doing it. I'm I'm here for it. Um, so you know, on on a personal note, the both of you, Eric and Realbiz, I feel like we all kind of go back pretty far. And I was looking through my uh, Discord DMs between us, and it's been a couple of years, obviously, since the Genesis and the Genesis drop and the first Raz and. I was really into Raz, and I think part of the reason why I've stuck around is obviously I've been able to get really lucky, but I've also been able to get the support from so many members of the community as I was hunting for those elusive Raz tokens. And I didn't quite realize both of you played an incredibly instrumental part in, make, in having me win two very, very important NFTs that honestly have like provided some liquidity for me to continue to reinvest. Do you remember, Eric, when, when I was on the hunt for the Chromie Squiggle? Yes, I do. I also remember that when we were hunting for the Chromie squ uh, Squiggle, I was actually making trades to accumulate more to bring them back to you to sell them yep. to you because you were offering a great price for them. So I was like, I'll just go trade my other stuff for more squiggles and bring them back to him because he's willing to pay, you know, cash for him at that point. So I, I yeah. 100%. That was my first, I think, full interaction with you at that point. And, and it was, and I, I was going back, and I was, I was just smiling at the, at the whole thing because obviously it was, it was a happy ending for me, and it was a very, it was a very, very nerve wracking snap. That was one that I did not have locked up. Yeah. But I, I would not have been able to do it without you, and I'm, I'm really, I'm really grateful. And then real biz, I mean, obviously we've had some, we've had some interactions on, on Discord as well. But then I look back and I realized. You were so unbelievably instrumental in helping me win the mutant ape when that was a when that was on the rise. Ah. Do you do you remember that 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 interaction at all? I I don't. I hate to say it, but I do remember the ape for sure. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and, and just a funny story. I went back and looked at my first discords. I never was on Discord before Block Packs ever. Um, my sons told me about it, but I'm like, what's that? Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. here I am. You know, now I'm on it more than them. But uh, they, uh, I, I have. The Discord's back to July 21st of 2021. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's <laughs> it, it. It's amazing how time flies, right? And here we yeah. are in 2024. And, and yeah. it's it, it just goes to show that, I mean, the, the community that we have here and the way in which we're able to continue to support one another and the longevity of the interactions that we've had. I mean, we as as a block packs community really have created lifelong friendships. I know everybody, a lot of people go to nationals, a lot of people have block packs meetups in various places. And it's something that I really enjoy and, and highlight. And and you two absolutely hold a very special place in my heart, especially as as the OGs, as some of the OGs, some people that I can rely on that I've seen for for years of my life. Hey, um, GT, for some of the newer folks, I see some of them in the audience and they're hearing like GT. Cause again, without the Raz, it's hard. Cause you haven't been in the discord talking about home team heroes all the time. Mm -hmm. So they don't, they're not familiar with you. So just to put in context and they're hearing like, geez, this guy was going for this and he was going for that. You for the, for the season one reward for the BPX, where did you rank in terms of the top five? Oh gosh. In BPX earned. Yeah, I, I think I was. I think I was maybe twelfth or maybe tenth um, in in terms of the allotment that I received out I of, out of all users. 
I thought you were in the top five. But regardless, the fact that you were 10th or 12th. So just for some of the newer folks, it's, it's interesting because I didn't want to say GT the whale because I didn't want to be, because you're your own person and we're not going to do <laughs> what we did in season one. But just because I'm not putting the whale next to it doesn't mean that you are not a whale. So just for some of the newer folks, listening to you talk about everything you're chasing, oh, you most certainly can be a whale when you want a whale. <laughs> That's true. And it's quite easy to uh, to whale into something when all when we've got all of these different products in the BPX ecosystem that are very exciting. I'm I am absolutely 100% attracted to all the shiny objects for sure. So I do have to pace myself from time to time. Um, but yeah, what, what I'd, I'd love to start, you know, Eric, if, if you don't mind starting and, and I'll, I'll throw it over to real biz after this, but I'd, I'd love to hear about, you know, speaking of journeys, um, talk to me about the first time that you were kind of bitten with the collectible bug. How old were you? What was the moment? How did this become such an important part of your life? Um, yeah, Eric, why, why don't we start with you and, and talk a little bit about your journey up until now? Oh man, uh, I, I I'd have to say the first time I started collecting things was I mean I used to try to collect as many little those army man plastic green sets that I could to make a whole battlefield of people at one point. Nice. Uh, and I was probably six or seven then I I would say, uh, but the first card I would say I collected would be I was I was in the Pokemon. Uh, and Yu-Gi-Oh phase. I didn't really collect Yu-Gi-Oh. I played Yu-Gi-Oh as like a battle game. Uh, I did not pay attention to any rarity, collectability, or thought process of that. But Pokemon, I had the binder. I tried to fill the whole set, make the whole collection. Uh, I was probably... 10 i'd say 10 or 11 i was in that in that age group uh right up into high school even when i still would would buy packs and rip them and put them in sets uh and i, I think when i kind of hit my late teens and then started my 20s i i lost touch with my collector thesis time for, uh time frame there i was you know not really i was making my own money but didn't have extra money to buy cards and, and that kind of thing which led me to probably mm, late 20s i would say maybe mm -hmm. 26 i started ripping you know physical product again for football and baseball and and getting in back into collecting uh and then you know i made it i made it to block packs in the long run right uh <laughs> that was that was kind of where i made it to in my collecting game and and i, I the my introduction to block packs came from uh jj so Triple J was mm. was the guy who brought me over from the physical car world to block packs in that first Genesis drop. Mm. What do you think was the um, the impetus for kind of getting back into into collecting when you were when you were twenty six after after the hiatus? Was there something in particular that kind of triggered this this newfound nostalgia or the the, the nostalgia run back in back you know, from when you were collecting as a kid? I mean, I, I would say that it more had to do with disposable income at that point i was making yeah, a little yeah. more money and i and i could go spend money on stuff that i thought i don't need this money right this second and i can i can hang on to these items for five years and you know i can still afford my bills and i think that's yeah. that's kind of where that came from yeah yeah it's it's amazing that, that, that you mentioned the the disposable army men thing i'm i'm thinking back too because i don't necessarily consider myself a hardcore collector i've never really dabbled in the spaces of card collecting but you look back after, you know, 30 years of living on this planet and you think to yourself, okay, well, yeah, I, every time I would go up to, you know, San Francisco and visit Chinatown, I would want to buy those little like stress balls. And I had like a big collection of those <laughs> stress balls that had different sounds and different chimes in them. And, and then of course I, I ended up. GT, is know, that the reason why you're the most laid back California type person? I mean. <laughs> There's no stress in your voice ever. Life's too short to be stressed. No, no, I'm I'm stressed all the time, Slappy. I just I just don't try try not to show it. Um, but yeah, and then you know I, I like Beanie Babies, and then and then of course Pokemon for me. Um, and and I I, I took it, it's, it's similarly, Eric. It took a back seat for me until until honestly block packs, and and then and then you know I've been off like a like a pistol. Um, Real biz, I know you've you've had a little bit more experience with the collectibles game especially because you, know, you own a a game store and and i think that that's something that obviously is 
um, a great asset to what you are bringing in to your skill set for block packs. But I'd also love to know, just starting from day one, was there was there a moment where you were bitten with a collectible bug? And and uh, can you tell us about that? Yeah, it goes well. I'm aging myself now, but I I started collecting. I had older cousins that were a couple of years older than me that I used to hang with when I was about six or seven years old. So I started collecting baseball cards probably in the early seventies, um, and you should be you used to be able to get a pack of cards for a dime, <laughs> and the and the uh, uh, the big foil packs with the three sections were like. It was like 49 cents or something for the three pack. So it was ridiculously cheap back then. And, and hundreds of thousands of dollars went into my spokes and played with them. And it, mm. it was tragic, but, uh, but it was, it wasn't collecting back then. Uh, but I collected cause we had all the fate, all the Cubs and all the socks and all that kind of stuff. And then I, I stuck with it pretty much through high school into college a little bit. And then I ran out of money. And I stopped collecting for a while, but that was during the junk wax era. So I kind of got a break there. Lucky timing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I really dabbled in the early nineties a little bit. And then really block packs revived the whole collecting, collecting mania three years ago. And now I've been into it heavy again. So, and, and if I may ask, um, what is it about the 1971 tops baseball graded set that is so impactful to you? Well, as I said earlier, um, you know, that's when I started collecting and all those sets between like 71 and 75 were kind of weird looking sets. The 75 was one with all the colors and the other 72, 73, 74 were kind of just okay. But Mm. the 71 set was the first black border set. And while I was only six years old at that time, I had some of those cards from my cousins gave me or whatever, but that was the coolest set of that era when I just started coming of age into baseball, like when I was seven, eight, nine years old. So I picked yeah. that set because of all the same stars were in there. that were like in 74, just earlier cards. And it's just the coolest looking set to me of all the sets. So. Well, I, I just love the fact that you're, it's obviously that set is such a core memory for you. And then being able, I imagine every time that you're able to find this, find one of the cards from the sets, it, it almost imbues that sense of childhood wonder um, in back, back into it. And for a little bit of context for our audience, um, Real Biz is uh, also you can follow him on TG Card Quest, the Great Card Quest, where he's building a 1971 Topps baseball set, all graded PSA seven or higher. And uh, are are you close to, it, to finishing it up? It is done. It is complete. Ah, congratulations! Now I'm one card away from the master. Set. And yes. and it, is is that card a particularly Grail like no. card? No, it's just annoying right now. I can't find it anywhere. It's a simple checklist, but it's one of the variants. And so I'll have the master set shortly. But I did complete the entire set seven and above, and now I'm slowly upgrading it to eight because I'm absolutely insane. And (laughs) I hope my wife's not listening or I'll be divorced. (laughs) <laughs> your secret safe with us. Uh, just as a reminder for those of you who are in the community, um, if you would like to raise your hand and hop on stage and ask Eric or Real Biz any questions, or of course, if you would like to throw any of your questions in that comment section, um, that is most certainly something that you can do as well. I see that we've got, do we have a few comments, uh, Slappy? Not at this point in time? Okay. It was well, not yet. Yep, yeah, it was just Carafine uh, commenting that you're crushing it. We love you, Caroline. I didn't know if you you just wanted accolades. Do you want me to, every time somebody praises you, do I have to chime in? Feed my ego, baby. (laughs) Feed it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, So let's let's continue on. I want to hear a little bit. You know, so I was talking to my wife this evening about this program and how I was going to host it and what we were going to be talking about today. And in particular... I, I thought it was really interesting that your journeys as Block Packs patrons ended up with you all being hired by Block Packs. And I feel like, generally speaking, that's rare to, to hire for, for you know, the CEO to hire from within the community. I'd love to know kind of what was, we'll start with Eric, what was kind of what drew you to you know not just becoming a consumer of Block Packs products, but then take a moment and be like, 
hey, actually, I want to work for this company. Um, what, what Was there a particular turning point or moment for you? Yeah, so for me, um, I would say I've always had a love for the blockchain and cryptocurrency. I actually was more involved in that aspect, that space prior <laughs> to getting back into heavy card collecting. It, it kind of happened simultaneously, maybe like a, a year or two apart, but that same concept of disposable income was going to crypto and then it became disposable income going to both <laughs> at that point. And my, my love for both cards and blockchain then met one as, and as a, as a patron and as a consumer of block packs. And the turning point was, I, I remember it pretty vague, uh, pretty, pretty clearly. I was, I was in Atlantic city at the sports card convention we set up, they had block packs and set up the first booth there at nationals, uh, in Atlantic city. And while we were there, I was, I was just being me talking to people coming up to the booth. And I was, I was kind of explaining what block packs was. And, and I didn't realize Jeff was kind of standing, you know, three feet to my right. And I get finished with this guy and he was all interested. And Jeff looks at me and goes, Hey, um, you mind if I get that on camera with like a, a minute elevator version of that? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we had a good laugh. We talked, we hung out. And then, you know, from there, it kind of started to, to blossom into, you know, maybe you can fit into this company. Can you come with us to nationals again? And then yeah. that, that was a more formal, hey, you're going to come out. We're going to put you up in a hotel. You're going to stay for the for the whole show. And you know, I had a larger piece of the, the the work there, right? Like we were talking sales pitches with all the guys and, and Caroline and Nancy Margaret and, you know, Kish was there, Michael was there, Tony, I mean, everybody was there. And I just felt like I was at home kind of, and mm -hmm. they were all, they all received me and open arms and they wanted feedback and we're going inside the little, you know, little huddle area that we had, you know, everything stored away in out of the eye of the public. And we're, we're game planning and we're getting all hyped up and we're, you know, getting people to sign up. And when I finished that national show and I flew home, I was like, man, I want to, I want to work for this. Like mm -hmm. I want to do this all the time. Now I trust me, I was very good at my job with AT&T. I loved my job. I had zero complaints about my company. Mm -hmm. but, but when Jeff and I got to talk, got to talking and we really tried to iron out what it would look like, I was like, man, just, just get me there. Just get yeah. me there. I will, I will sell my home and I will be in South Carolina. It was harder to sell my wife than anybody, but I was like, let's, let's just, let's just get it done. And you know, I, I, I couldn't be more excited to be a part of the team. I couldn't be more excited to, to pick up and, and, and keep pushing forward with what block packs has currently, mm -hmm. uh, and, and try to help, you know, grow the business. I, I think what's really special and I'll, I'll get to you in just one minute, Slappy. I think what's really special about what I heard you just say is that this all, this all, this was a seed that germinated in a moment of pure joy and passion for you with no expectation of there being anything that would have happened later on. You were a fan of block packs. You were talking to somebody and looking to educate them on block packs. And it just so happened that that, that, that was the butterfly wing that started this wonderful tornado that got you to South Carolina. And I think that that shows up in a lot of different people in the community as well in a really, really cool way. I think that that each person seems to really want to root for block packs, not just because we're invested quite literally in it, but because we are emotionally invested in it. We're, we're invested in the excitement of the product and the excitement of the rip and the excitement of digital collectibles bridging this analog digital space. And I think that just, I, I love the fact that what really started for, what started your trajectory was just a simple, passionate conversation that you were having with somebody. Slappy, I'll, I'll bring it over to you. I, just to add on to what you're saying, for, for those who were at National, I think Jams was there. I see a few other people in the audience who are at National. But to really understand how impressive the, the booth was at National, it, it was it really, you couldn't do it justice with the videos. And so what I find amazing, GT, is that you could see it in the convention hall. It was by far the best booth. 
you could, there was so much energy and excitement. I mean, people would wander around and they would come back and they would just spend time in the booth. That's where they wanted to be. And you know what? There were a lot of booths that had refreshments and other things. It was there because of the people, because of the team, because of the Blockpacks community members. I mean, they had no idea who worked for Blockpacks and who didn't because you had everybody in the Blockpacks Discord who was at National was hanging out there. Then you I love had it. new people who were ripping. And then it created such a powerful emotional event. I mean, it's crazy to hear you talk here. Like you were a dynamo there, but it also shows you just how infectious it is. I mean, that was obviously a big tipping point for Eric, just being part of that booth and feeding off that excitement and watching the people come up. So I can't say enough about that, the national booth. It was, it was something else. And it's incredible to know that and, and believable to know that Eric was led strong, more strongly to block packs because of it. And I think the more that we as a community can really communicate all of the different kinds of exciting things that Blockpacks has to offer, I mean, that's just going to be so key, especially when we do have four or five very, very unique silos of collectibles that people can choose from. And props to you, Eric, for being able to express the different kinds of collections and talk to somebody in layman's terms um, what what they can do and how they can enter into the space. Um, so, you know, Eric, you're coming from it all, really from a, a almost purely digital kind of standpoint. But RealBiz, I know that you, you know, having owned a card store or a game store and, and that kind of work um, is really sort of affecting the way in which you are bringing your work into into the block pack space i'd love to know how how you got in touch with with the block packs team and what made what made you decide to take the plunge into working for a company that you had supported for for a couple of years yeah it's an interesting uh interesting story uh, you know i basically had been there since the beginning i love i love the concept um it really always it really centers around the block packs team because in my career, I've, I've been in sales for including high school, door-to-door vacuum cleaners, probably 40 years. And I used to sell the lawyers, and they're tough to sell to. And mm-hmm. I've, always, I've always worked with the best companies in there, in, in top-notch companies. And um, the thing I noticed about Black Packs and Jeff and everybody down in Sumer Caroline, they did everything top-notch. Like, everything was done the best that can be done there's no cutting corners there's no it just it just seemed like an excellent business plan um you know and and i like that about the situation and of course i've been i know the products inside now i I own pretty much everything there is to own which i never saw anything but i own everything and i really got kind of embraced by the that kind of efficiency and and vision and, and things like that. And then and then I was sitting down one day and I said to myself, you know, I owned a game store. I wasn't an, I was, I'm an NFL agent. I've done contracts. I've done sales. I've owned the store. So I can tackle it from that side of it, having been on the other side. I've done sales and I love collectibles. And I said, you know, I reached out to Jeff and said, hey, you know, is there any opportunity here? And at that time, he had, was going to roll out the the physical games, and uh, we just started talking, and 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 the fit was there, and I'm very excited to to be on board, and I think I could bring some things to the table and get this um, the the physical games rolling, and uh, like I said, but what what brought me in was the team, the commitment, the dedication, the vision, the way the company was run. Um, to me, that's that's paramount when you're going to work for for a company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? worked out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, again, I was talking to my wife a few months back when I was listening to Twitter spaces from Frenchie and she was sitting there and she was saying, wow, this guy, this is the CEO. This guy's really, really transparent, like almost scarily transparent, you know, in terms of what he's, what information he's providing. And clearly I'm glad that it sort of transfers over to just the day, the day-to-day kind of business side as well. And you know, from from your experience, Realbiz, you know, I I think a lot about this. We, we've talked a lot in these spaces about the pain points of, you know, digital versus analog collectors, and I'd I'd love to just hear from you. You know, what challenges you might see trying to onboard some game stores into the world or the universe of block packs. 
what is it is it really mostly about sort of you know eschewing this idea of web3 do we need to hide it being kind of like digital analog hybrid or is it just more about visibility and marketing what what challenges are are you seeing um into into onboarding game stores that you're excited to tackle i, I think keeping the world separate in the beginning is important they need to know that there's the the, the web3 world out there and there's the there's the nft world but a lot of the gamers having having the experience are really they want to touch and feel something physical that's why they're in that realm so you know the the first and foremost to get these card games rolling we need to get the physical touch thing going and then the web3 and stuff could be introduced as you go later on as like a value add mm -hmm. um, but the, the key, the two elements that we need to establish in the stores are it's, it's a, I've been playtesting. It's a good game. It's a fun game and it's easy for the shop owners to sell. Mm -hmm. If for them to sell, they're going to sell it. So as far as challenges go, that's going to be the biggest challenge is make sure you get the word out there and get people playing it. Uh, but, but getting them over to the electronic world, that's kind of stage two. Sure. Uh, you know, after the fact. So sure, sure. Build build that solid foundation of the analog collectors with their physical copies, and then go from there. I, I feel that. And Eric, for for you as VP of operations, you know, I'm I'm also wondering on your on your end, sort of what challenges you're excited to be tackling. Um, any particular things that are sort of top of mind for you as we continue to build momentum into, I guess it's probably, I would call it season three of, of Black Packs, this new sort of iteration. Um, what sort of challenges do you feel like you're facing right now and, and which challenge excites you the most to try to tackle? I'd say, I'd say for me, the, a challenge that I face is, you know, I, I came from obviously AT&T and a large company where I could just log into a portal and everything I wanted was at the touch of my fingers within the company, whether I wanted to pull data, see data, make business decisions about my location and things like that, where on, on the block pack side, it's the exciting part, but a challenge simultaneously is I actually get to build those portals kind of from the ground up. So cool. you're taking kind of like, okay, well, what did I like from maybe an admin portal and how can I articulate it and, and, and help get it built in a, in a system that allows us to make good business decisions and, and be efficient in our time and things like that. Uh, so it's a challenge because it's, it's different, but I'm also excited about it because it's, you get to, you get to build something from the ground up essentially. Uh, and, and that, that definitely is to me, I thought of, I was like, dang, that's going to frustrate me. And then I got into it. And I'm like, man, I, I kind of enjoy this process of having to put your own touch on things and figure stuff out out and it's, it's not like I could just phone a friend and be like hey so you got stuck on this what did you do to fix it it's more like hey uh let's figure it out because we're the ones who have to fix it <laughs> or yeah <build> it. <laughs> I, I love the fact that you're sort of thinking about all of your experiences that uh, working for these larger companies and then taking little bits and pieces like a beautiful mosaic. And now you're just sort of putting all of those mosaic tiles now into this world of block packs in a way that will hopefully streamline the experience of all employees, which I think is really, really cool. And it just makes me think as well about how, how grateful I am that all of these seemingly disparate or like random things that have happened in our life actually like gets us to this point where actually we're executing it in a really cool way and in, in ways that we didn't necessarily expect. I love that, and and I I wish you I wish you both the best in terms of in terms of those challenges. I think that those are really exciting. And as a consumer of block packs, if you know the more we we're able to kind of tackle those, the the better off we will be in the future. Rising tides lift all boats. Um, I see a couple of questions for uh, one for me, and then one for uh, Real Biz from KP Hamilton. Uh, first off, my question is why Ron Fresco? Right. So if you don't know, uh, my block packs username is Ron Fresco. My Discord username is GT. Um, I don't exactly know why I changed. I, I didn't have this. I didn't have same same. Oh, 
it's okay. I had Discord far before I had block packs. And so GT has always been my um my Discord handle name. And then from uh and then to be honest, I didn't really know whether or not I was going to be into block packs when it started. And so what I ended up doing was I ended up just writing down my, one of my joke DJ names that I used to have. I used to DJ back in the day and I would come up with all of these different random names that I would name for my mixes. And one in particular was Ron Fresco because one day in Spain, I found out that the Spanish word for rum is Ron and I thought that was hilarious. And so I created a name and a character profile based on that. And I guess that's kind of stuck for me. Um, so that's a little bit of an aside. Uh, the more serious question from KP Hamilton is going to be thrown over to Real Biz. Uh, he asks, any initial rollout plan that will lead to wonders, packs, and sets in card stores? And I'll throw that over to Real Biz. Are there any particular rollout plans that you might be able to share that will lead I, to any wonders packs and sets in the card stores. I love the silence you got on that question, GT. Right now, Real Biz is like texting Jeff, like, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> and, and listen, yeah, Real Biz, if you need to pass, if you if you want to pass or say, I, I cannot confirm or deny anything, oh. that's totally fine too. Wait, I, I lost it. Sorry, it's the... In the Everybody can hear me? Okay, yep, good. You're good. Thanks. Sorry. Yep. Uh, yeah. Thanks, KP. Um, yes. I mean, there's, uh, you know, we're, we're in development. There's not, I can't say too much at this point, but there is a, a, a really good plan being put together to roll out the physical product to stores and, uh, you know, take advantage of the expertise, you know, with the team we have building the game is top notch. And once again, you know, everything we do is top notch and there's going to be a concerted effort to get the game out, make it successful and let the world know that, you know, wonders of the first is, is coming. So we are taking great strides to make that happen and we'll keep everybody posted as things go. Um, we're still kind of in the development stages now, but we're moving along at a pretty rapid pace. And I expect to see uh, some developments here over the next month. And uh, as soon as we can release those, we will. I think the pacing is definitely something that that we as a community obviously have really appreciated. I think it's felt pacing-wise like there have been new products being dropped and, and dripped in various different ways. And you know, sometimes there can be a little bit of a feast and famine when it comes to you know, many different drops, but I'm glad that that's sort of front of mind for you all in terms of obviously pacing it out well. You want to make sure to measure twice, cut once, and and looking forward to what, what we have in store for the future. Slappy, I'll throw it over to you. Hey, can I can I add one more thing? Um, yes, sir. The, the philosophy, too, is, you know, we get one shot at this to make wonders wonderful, um, and we want to make sure that, you know, before we Oh, real biz, you're breaking up a little bit. We'll head back to real biz once he might. Hopefully, he'll be able to hop back on. But uh, Slappy, did you have any any ideas or any thoughts to share? Yeah, unfortunately, it was a question for real biz. Hopefully, he can come off and share it. Maybe Eric can, if not. But I, you were talking about in terms of the pace, GT. And what's interesting is, I think I'm a little bit different than other people. Well, I, I real biz talks about. <laughs> Real big talks about buying his baseball cards for a time. I'm not I'm not his age. He's not he's not that much older, but it's I'm used to I I'm patient. And so when I look at the undertaking that Block Packs is trying to do with Wonders of the First, yes, I would love it if tomorrow it usurped Magic the Gathering and it was the premier TCG on the planet. I expect that to happen in 30 days. If you ask some people in the community, I guarantee you there mm -hmm. That would say, that's what we want to see happen. So I guess what I was looking at from Real Biz is what what does it look like in terms of? It's a hard question to say. In terms of a, a household name, is that five years? Is it three years? Is it two years? Is it ten years? I'm just curious. And this it's a wild guess, right? But I'm looking at this is that 
uh, obviously, Block Packs has to be able to sustain the operations and keep it going to the point that it, it it takes off. Of course, in this world, with the way things go viral, right? It's not like the old days where it has to take a long time to get there. But I'm just curious where RealBiz is, where he sees this in five years. And RealBiz, if, if you can come off mute, maybe you can try and see if you have better reception now. By the way, I will say, GT, it's nice having a host who has an iPhone and not an Android. Hey, you know, I, I just I just want to do right by you, Slappy. I mean, I, I, I will say as RealBiz continues to kind of get on, get back on, you know, your your comment does make me think as well about how how it feels like block packs does sort of zig when everybody else is zagging in specifically the Web3 space, right? I think if we go back to Wonders of the First and we go back to the Lost Miners, right? We've got two individual blocks on the blockchain that represent a historic moment in time. Not only was BlockPacks able to zip in and be able to have essentially claim the last and the first um, blocks in this particular moment in history... But then the question became, okay, what do we do with it? And we saw, we saw uh, proof of stake. When proof of stake came out, we saw five to ten different projects immediately scrambling to try to claim that they were the first proof of stake project. And what ended up happening? They all flamed out. Right? What block packs ended up doing was spending a literal year creating not only the history of the you know, proof of stake work that they did, but creating an entire game. And I could understand that for some people who are Web3 natives in that space, that might rub them the wrong way. A year is a millennium in the Web3 space, right? And I think it is interesting to see and witness how BlockPacks straddles that kind of line between, between patience and then also acting quickly. And then on top of that, of course, making sure, and and that just reminds me as well about how you know the line that they straddle between digital and analog. It's it, it's a niche that I think is really particularly interesting. But yeah, real biz over to you. Um, you know, to to Slappy's question: Are you thinking one, two, five year rollout plan for for Wonders? What what are you thinking for that? Do we still do we have you? He, he's still there, but he's on. Okay, he's mute. I I've texted him, Eric. I. Hey. Hey GT, I can I can kind of step up to to the plate on that a little bit. So, we obviously we don't have concrete set in stone dates, but you have to remember that our current mindset is that the 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 first print run for those serialized one of the first boxes is Q3. So if that Q3 is the state of mind, we have to have everything ready, gameplay, game mechanics, art, card design, all, all of that has to be ready to go and tested by community members and ourselves to make sure we have a the exact product we want complete. And then, you know, that, that Q3 date is the first time those print runs are going to run. And I don't have any other information outside of that part, but I, w- I would assume we would be working towards kind of aligning a, a product that gets into some physical locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is very much on real business side of, of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but personally, I mean, I, I'd love to see in a, a three-year period that we have hundreds of hobby shops selling our product and you know you know the the pipe dream can we can we get it into big box right can can we close that and get it into a big box location down the road um yeah i mean if that that if that's not a five-year goal in in brain i'd be shocked he's never spoke about it but i would be shocked if that's not on the five-year map in his mind oh yeah i I think Uh, i'm here now guys am i here hey welcome back sorry about the technical difficulties i apologize no worries yeah so in answer to your question Yes, we are in a long-term planning stage. This is not going to, you know, we don't want it to be roll out at one set, call it a day. You know, we want we want to explore and we want to do multiple sets of cards. We have a lot of, as you know, from the NFT rollout, there's 5,000 different one-on-ones and those are going to take a long time to roll out, hopefully. And we... Uh, we want to be there. We want to put the cards out in a meaningful fashion. And yes, we, we have long, long-term plans. This is not a one-and-done type situation. Uh, obviously, our immediate focus is to get the first set out, 
get your clients retained, you know, the, the public, make sure they stay involved in the game in between your first and second set and then go from there. So yes, we, we have a long-term plan and, you know, and, and hopefully there'll be more games in the future and hopefully there'll be multiple sets for this offering um, because I think it has so much potential and so much lore and so many ways with the different orbitals and ways you can go that I think uh, it can be an institution of a game for a long time. For sure. And when I received my wonders, I was already concocting stories, especially as a, as an English teacher, that was something that I just loved looking at the, at the image and being able to kind of think a little bit about what the war might be. And, you know, I, I think to some degree too, it's, it's so important to have those kinds of opportunities for the community to really be able to create those stories themselves. And I love the fact that, you know, wonders cre- creating and, and blasting out wonders and scaling it up is going to be something that's front of mind. And of course, until then, I'm sure, you know, Jeff will have some some interesting things up his sleeve that will keep us uh, that will keep us titillated for the for, you know, in, in the meantime. Um, now, I do want the audience to know that I know that BPX After Dark uh, in recent times in season one has usually last, it it could last for multiple, multiple hours. One thing that we're looking to do is truncate the space and time a little bit more this year and this season. So we're aiming for about an hour, maybe an hour 15 on our our BPX After Dark episodes, which means that we're sort of up against time a little bit. But with that said, I would love uh, to ask one last question to Eric and RealBiz. Oh, wait. Yes, sir. Two, two things. One is you have to put the disclaimer. If if Frenchie's on, it will never last just an hour. <laughs> and, well, he's the, the the man has been the man has been very very nice and kind, just being a listener so far. Unless unless he wants to come up, unless he uh, wants to come up, come on up if you want to, Frenchie. And actually, there are three things. Tech Hooper. Uh, it looks like he has a question, so I invited him up. Hold on, Tech Hooper, before GT gets to his final question. I want to say at one point. Uh, when you were talking about Eric and what led him to block packs and you talked about the butterfly's wings and you waxed so eloquently, I was reminded of Groundhog Day when when Bill Murray has been stuck in that for years by that point. And he, he when they bring out Phil the Groundhog, he's giving a speech and all the reporters have the cameras in his face because, <laughs> you know, and he's like, I think it was Brezhnev who said, and he's like giving that speech. And I was just thinking like, I immediately thought of you. Bill Murray has years to perfect it, but it's amazing the way you process what people say and you just turn that into what you did. So, yeah, you and Bill Murray. All right, sorry. You've Appreciate got- you. Appreciate you, Slappy. No, it's I, I guess I, I have more of a forest rather than a trees kind of brain, I guess, but uh, but I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, no, I, I wanted to, to talk or I wanted to ask Eric and uh, and Rilbiz, you know, in like I said in the, in the intro, we've got uh, I'm going to be hosting a BPX After Dark in two weeks called BPX Brain Trust. We're going to solicit the community members' ideas for anything in the Black Packs ecosystem. And I'm hoping that, like I said before, these can be ideas that range from small to absolutely ludicrous. Uh, and I'm wondering, as both uh, VP of Ops and also Chief Sales Officers, or and, of course, longtime patrons of Black Packs, I'm wondering, uh, is there any pie-in-the-sky idea that you have either heard or concocted yourself that might have been just like a little bit too head in the clouds for for block packs, or like, or just generally speaking, are, are there any ideas that you've that you guys have come up with or have heard that you're willing to share that maybe were considered, but then were considered as way too pie in the sky? Ooh, I might let the VP of Ops handle this one. No, uh, I uh, I haven't been here long enough on the company side to hear anything, but I can tell you personally, and this has never been discussed, I'm throwing out that disclaimer, uh, but I want to see Wonders of the First, the movie. So I'm I'm already there. Hey, I like, now we're talking real biz. That is an idea right there. I'm in, I'm in. 
Yeah, so so I, I have a few, but one of them was Wonders of the First, the series. Like you, you wake up for a, like you wake up for Pokemon on Saturday morning at eight AM, but you wake up for Wonders of the First, the series, and, and as a kid you're watching it on the weekends. So that's definitely where my brain went in like, you know, an anime maybe version, things like that. Um but the other one, the the pie in the sky. Now look, I throw out random things at Jeff, and he just goes, "We can't do that." But <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just having some fun with you guys. I, I'm not going to disclose those things that I say. But the pie in the sky dream for me would be if one day I could turn on a Pro Bowl NFL game, and you know, one of our one of the players is wearing the hero that was inspired by them on their jersey for like a Pro Bowl game. That would be like my pie in the sky. I love both of those ideas. I love it. And that's the kind of juice that we need for our BPX brain trust. So for all of you out there listening, tune in two weeks from now. And that's, we've, Eric and, and Realbiz have already set the bar in terms of the kind of ideas that we're thinking a little bit about. Before I head over to text, I want to make sure that we um, highlight a uh, reply from Frenchie saying that it's a little bit of news, which is very exciting. He says, playtesting for Wonders of the First drops to character proof owners tomorrow. Live town hall gameplay tomorrow evening. Probably going to be at around 7 o'clock Eastern time. This is exciting, folks. We are going to be seeing Wonders of the First dropping to character proof owners tomorrow. Town hall gameplay tomorrow evening. This is exciting, and you heard it here, folks. This is absolutely incredible news, and it keeps the ball rolling and the momentum spinning. Tex, let's bring it over to you. <laughs> uh, I'm laughing because, uh, of course, Frenchie stole my thunder. <laughs> That's I was oh, going to ask. That? No, I was going to drop it, but I was going to ask the question when uh, you know uh, game testing, you know, would start for all of us. Uh, Holders and stuff. Um, so There's great, that French we, now we ESP. Know. Yeah, that French yeah, ESP. now we know. Everybody tomorrow, knows we're so. itching for it, and it's going to be tomorrow. This just means that we are going to have pretty much a triple, triple drop of really exciting things tomorrow. We obviously will have some of the shatter packs there for um, the HTH baseball collect- collectors, if I'm not mistaken. We will also have the Santa reveals tomorrow, and now we will also have the Wonders of the First playtesting seven o'clock. Uh, was it seven o'clock? Seven o'clock Eastern Eastern time, and we will have two fifty card pre con decks. Ooh, that's spicy! Wow, we got this, some spicy spicy things down the pipeline here in BPX land. Uh, But for now, I think what I will end up doing, because it's just a hair past 7 o'clock California time, I will go ahead and close. Um, That's going to be it for this edition of BPX After Dark. Forgive my dog barking in the background. Produced by Radish Digital, and that is with a J, the official media partner of Block Packs. I want to thank my guests today for the absolute gracious gift of their time. Eric and Realbiz, you were absolutely phenomenal. You made me feel comfortable as a new host. I hope you had a really wonderful time up here on stage. I also want to thank all of the community members who contributed their questions and comments. And most importantly, you, the listener. We would not do it without you. Join us next week. For our Random Acts of Block Packs special, and please reach out to either Slappy or myself to share your Random Acts of Block Pack stories that we can feature, or of course, just attend the block pa- the BPX After Dark spaces and share your story there. We want to demonstrate how Block Packs is the best community in Web3 and to the bigger collect- collector community. I want to thank everybody again for your attention and for tuning in on my maiden voyage here as the host of BPX After Dark. I want to thank Slappy for this opportunity. And of course, I'm very grateful to the entire Radish Digital team as well as the Black Packs team for their support as I go through this. Take care, everybody, and have a great night. Catch you next week. You've been listening to BPX After Dark. Broadcast live each Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific in X Spaces over at Radish Digital. That's digital with a J. If you've made it this far, please take a second and hit that subscribe button to the BPX After Dark podcast. 
Why miss content like this when you can get notified every time there's a new show? We want to thank you, the listener. We could not do this without you. And a special thanks to those in the audience who raised their hand, came on stage, and also, of course, helped make Blockpacks the best community out there. Blockpacks is a community built by collectors for collectors. I've been your host, GT, and that's going to be it for this show. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.